0: Today on the Bill Kelly Show on 900 CHML,
1: we want to talk about energy and uh, Ontario's plan for energy. And uh, surprisingly, as a matter of fact, Ontario's plan for energy uh, is is not going to include nuclear power. At least not to the extent that some people suggest. Uh, Ontario's plan to uh, replace electricity generation with an aging nuclear plant that closes in 2025 uh, is 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 well shocking to an awful lot of people because they say you know, we're going to rely on natural gas not nuclear power and it's it's got a lot of uh, of, of people shaking their heads and saying what's going on with you know, it's like 19th century thinking to try to resolve the problem uh, i want to bring uh our next guest in uh, dr chris kiefer is the president of the canadians for nuclear energy uh and get his perspective on this uh, doctor always a pleasure thanks so much for the time today great to have you with us oh, it's great to be back with you bill Let's you know. let's talk a little bit about this because we we mentioned a few weeks ago before the the province outlined what they were going to do here that you know we've we've got a problem of course with supply and we want to make sure that we're doing the right thing going forward and and nuclear power seems to be the most logical solution uh, were, you, were you surprised by the announcement here that basically they're they're going to let these basically mothball uh, the plant and basically just go with natural gas.
0: Well, you know, sadly, I'm, I'm not surprised. Um, we've known about this for some time now. The independent systems operator has been crystal clear that Pickering's massive output is going to be replaced uh, by natural gas. You know, just to give your, your listeners a sense of what we're losing um, with Pickering going offline, it's the equivalent of all of our hydroelectricity capacity from Niagara Falls. So this is just a massive gaping hole that's going to be appearing in our grid. And the reason it's happening is really a failure of vision going back, I would say, several decades now. Um, You know, we're refurbishing um, all of our other nuclear reactors at Darlington and Bruce, which is a good thing. It's locking in this ultra-low carbon power uh, until the 2060s. Um, And we have to remember, Ontario has really achieved the holy grail of a deeply decarbonized grid. We're climate leaders, and we've done that with nuclear. We have about 65% of our electricity coming from nuclear, and that's what has gained us. This enviable position, and we're about to lose it. We're going backwards uh, by burning natural gas, as you're mentioning.
1: It it just it's, it boggles the imagination to think that they'd actually look at something like this. So you know, Pickering is going to go offline. That's this is their plan uh, for in 2024 and be shut down, closing totally by 2025. Right now, uh, and and they're suggesting that they want some stability with the system, and you know, because that's going to attract investment in new businesses, and which kind of makes sense. I I can understand that, and that's that's a laudable goal. But as you just mentioned, though, Chris, they're they're putting a big hole in the system here. And we're running the risk now of going back to the days of brown oats or blackouts. And and I don't think anybody wants to go back there.
0: No, absolutely. Um, You know, and that that is a real possibility. Um, You know, Ontario is a great place for businesses to come that want to use low carbon electricity. You know, that's all the rage with with ESG and other things like that. Um, And we've been an excellent location for that. Um, but as we lose so much of the gains we made by phasing out coal, by pivoting back to natural gas, um, it's, it's really losing its luster that way. Um, and, and we're just going to be facing capacity shortfalls no matter what. There's recent rumblings from the ISO um, that basically as soon as we shut off Pickering, we're into a risky situation. And we're in a scramble now. And really the fastest way to bring on new generation is to build natural gas plants. Um, that's a real shame because with a little bit of vision, Um, i think we can get around this you know our organization put out a report recently outlining a plan to life extend and refurbish the pickering nuclear station as we're doing at darlington and bruce and we really think that is the best way forward people talk about you know pickering as being an, an aging nuclear power plant the thing about our Candu reactors is that they have the potential for a midlife refurbishment. And again, we're doing that at Darlington and Bruce. After 30 or 40 years of operation, we can swap out the main components and get another 30 to 40 years out of these nuclear stations. And that really is the best bang for our buck. Um, it supports local industry. You know, we have a 96% made in Ontario supply chain with nuclear. So every dollar that we invest in this technology, we get $1.40 back. And that's that's just you know, in addition to the climate benefits and the clean air benefits we get from nuclear. Um, so there absolutely is a better way, um, and you know we really have to hold the line here and, and not take a step backwards um, on on our emissions and on our, our climate responsibilities.
1: You know the the most elementary question I guess to ask here that I don't think the government's given us a straight answer on here is is they they clearly see that nuclear is. is part of the solution here as you mentioned with Darlington and Bruce then why not Pickering I mean why all of a sudden are they saying okay no we're going to shut that one down it just it yeah it's going to cost money to refurbish it but it costs money to do anything these days we get that but it doesn't make sense to take a big piece of of the of the future and the commitment that we've made to nuclear and simply say no we don't need three we're just going to use use two that there's going to be a hole here we know that and they must understand that
0: yeah, I mean, I, I agree with you, Bill. I mean, part of the problem is um, is that we didn't think we were going to be having increased demand on in our grid because we weren't anticipating electrification, you know. Um, we also were thinking that, hey, gas isn't so bad. You know, as far back as 2012, um, some of our main environmental agencies uh, and, and nonprofits, like the Ontario Queen Airlines, were taking a good chunk of their funding from the natural gas industry. Natural gas was cool. It was better than coal back then. Thank Mm -hmm. God we didn't listen to their advice, and we used nuclear to replace coal. We used uh, nuclear for 90% of the energy we needed to get coal off our grid. If we'd listened to the environmentalists, we'd be burning more natural gas right now. You know, there's this fantasy, and and, you know, Doug Ford is being blamed a lot for canceling some of these Green Energy Act um, contracts for wind and solar and saying, hey, it's because you didn't um, allow more wind and solar to be built um, that we're going to be facing the shortfalls. And that's just absolutely not true. Because you can't replace nuclear, which is on 90% of the time. You know, it's essentially reliable, always on power. You can't replace that with something like wind and solar, which is at the whims of the weather. Um, so, you know, we're in a tough place, Bill. Um, you know, tough places call for, for dramatic actions. Um, and again, that's why we are calling for the refurbishment of the Pickering Nuclear Station. We have a, a long report, um, detailed policy report, uh, out there at uh, c4ne.ca if, if your listeners are interested in looking at that.
1: You made an interesting point here, which is, I guess, at the at the root of, of the decision here, is that uh, there's going to be a lot of pressure on the grid in, in the in the future. And we knew that. We haven't, you know, we've discussed it, but I haven't heard the government talk a whole lot about this right now. Their commitment to EVs uh, over the next couple of years is actually going to put an awful lot of pressure on the system, uh, which... <laughs> And, and I get that, and I think that's got to be a concern. I think a lot of people were worried about that when these commitments were being made. But by the same token, that doesn't mean we have to tear down the system that we have right now, does it?
0: Well, you know, it's, it's relatively easy to make battery electric vehicles, and transportation is about 25% of our emissions. You know, it's, we, we need to be making a transition in that direction. But if you don't have the juice to charge those vehicles, then you're going to have a lot of really upset commuters, um, and you're not going to have solved the problem. You know, we're seeing in places like California, who are shutting down nuclear um, and relying increasingly on wind and solar, um, that they're actually having such a strained grid that they have to put out warnings to California residents hey, please don't charge your EV today uh, because we're facing brownouts and blackouts. You know, I don't think Ontarians want to be in that decision, and they don't need to be if we make the right choice and if we continue to support nuclear energy, which has, again, really been the backbone. Um, of the success that we've had here, both economically and, again, on on a climate perspective. We've done what we need to do. Um, We need to continue to build out a very clean electricity grid. We need to refurbish Pickering. We need to build new large nuclear. Um, And that's really the way we've seen around the world. If you don't have endless hydroelectricity, the only large economies in the world that Mm -hmm. have achieved deep decarbonization of their electricity have done so with nuclear
1: who wins out of this i mean you know if we're going to do this and that seems to be the intention of the provincial government at this stage environmentalists are concerned about this uh people in the industries are concerned about this about the the the, the possibility of of as you say having interruptions in service again and 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 uh, you know I, we all still remember the the blackouts the brownouts and and some of the horrific things that we had to go through and and we relied on nuclear power uh, to get us out of that mess right now and it just seems incongruous that they just simply say, yeah, we're going to be fine with this, even though there's going to be increased pressure on this. Uh, obviously, people in the natural gas industry, I guess, are excited about this, but I don't see anybody else that's jumping up and down.
0: Oh, I mean, absolutely. The natural gas industry stands to gain here, but that, that industry isn't in Ontario. We're going to be largely getting that gas from Western Canada and even more so from the fracked natural gas fields um, in, in America and in the USA. You know, and, and natural gas is getting pricey. We're seeing prices now that are higher than before the fracking revolution. They've gone up five times in the last two years. It's five times more expensive for that natural gas. And so even though the Pickering refurbishment is going to cost some money, we think that it's going to come in far below burning natural gas as baseload with these skyrocketing prices, which we really see no sign of coming down with you know, more and more talk about needing to ship natural gas over to Europe to help them get off of russian natural gas
1: well and and yeah let's connect the dots here uh you know it was just yesterday that the prime minister and the german chancellor were talking about this and and even though they've they've made a commitment to hydrogen and okay let's see what we can do about that that's that's not going to happen tomorrow that's a long-term goal we get that but even you know, as they were breaking up the meeting that you know the, the chancellor did say yeah but we still need new natural gas we got to get it from someplace so i mean there's going to be pressure there uh, to start, as you say, to export this right now, and uh, yeah, and that, as you mentioned, that means the price is probably going to go up in one way, shape, or form. So, I mean, I'm I'm concerned about the long term viability of what the government's trying to propose here.
0: No, you're going to see hydrogen used as a as a fig leaf, um, as a Trojan horse to sneak in more natural gas by the natural gas industry. That's absolutely what's going on. Hydrogen is a very difficult energy carrier, not an energy source. You know, you have to make hydrogen, that takes a lot of energy. You know, Germany is shutting down three large nuclear plants this year for no reason. They have some of the best-run nuclear plants in the world. And they're talking about replacing that by building a massive offshore wind farm in Newfoundland. um, Electrolyzers, which which convert water into hydrogen, turning it into ammonia, shipping it across the Atlantic, turning it back into hydrogen, and burning it on their grid to help back up their wind and solar. There's a far cheaper solution, and that's to keep running their nuclear plants in Germany. And the Canadian government should be championing nuclear energy and should be telling the Germans to come to their senses. I mean, they're facing the worst energy uh, crunch since the OPEC crisis, and they're shutting down their nuclear plants. We should not be aiding and abetting that with these hydrogen fantasies.
1: Chris, why don't we? Why aren't we beating the drum about that? I mean, we were considered to be a, a world leader uh, with this technology. Uh, you know, there, there was a day when, you know, people were knocking on our doors and say, how do you guys do this? Uh, it, I, the Prime Minister didn't even mention it when he was having discussions about energy with the German Chancellor over the last three days. You know, it's, it's really puzzling, Bill, because, again,
0: you know, we have a 96% made-in-Canada supply chain with our nuclear technology. It brings nothing but economic benefit to us. We produce about 14% of the world's uranium. And that's, you know, we talk about exporting hydrogen for climate. Our uranium offsets fully one third of Canada's total CO2 emissions every single year because it's used in carbon free nuclear plants domestically and internationally. So, you know, we really need a shift here. We need a visionary government that comes to its senses, that understands energy, and that champions this made in Canada solution that we have, not just for ourselves, but for the world.
1: Pickering, so, I mean, Pickering itself, we should remind our listeners: Pickering plant alone uh, produces about fourteen percent of Ontario's electricity right now, uh, and and they're suggesting that they're simply going to make that up with the, their investment into natural gas. But again, as you mentioned, they don't talk about the price here, and they don't talk about the impact this is going to have on consumers.
0: Yeah, no, and
1: and as we we're saying, natural
0: gas prices are are absolutely skyrocketing. You know, we're also facing, as you're saying, issues with supply chain. And there's no better time now to stimulate the Ontario economy than to invest further in nuclear. Again, we control that supply chain, that value chain. We have tens of thousands of skilled trades workers working in our refurbishments at Darlington and Bruce. And once those refurbishments are done in the late 2020s at Darling- Darlington, those folks can move hammer in hand to Pickering, and maintain that station. Um, you know, which has won which has won awards for being you know having exemplary operations. Things are getting better and better at Pickering in terms of how it's being run. Um, and, again, we know this with CANDUs around the world, in Romania, in China. Um, right here in Canada, we've refurbished plants uh, in Point Lepreau, uh in New Brunswick. We've refurbished several units now at Bruce Power. We know how to do this. We're getting really good at it. And at Darlington, things are coming in you know, below budget and on time or even ahead of schedule in terms of refurbishment. So you know, it's, it's, uh, it's a no-brainer to do the same thing at Pickering um you know we can't afford to take a step backwards here and natural gas and particularly hydrogen is not a solution
1: absolutely well we i'm I'm glad we had time to talk about this today because i think we as the public and we as consumers uh, need to be aware of what the plan is and uh, i I don't want to be sitting here two or three years from now and say gee i told you so but look at the problems we're facing so uh, a little forward thinking i think would be beneficial here chris always a pleasure thanks so much for the time today really appreciate it
0: yeah thanks for having me
1: on bill Take care. That's uh, Dr. Chris Kiefer, the president of Canadians for Nuclear Energy, uh, with some legitimate concerns, I think, about Ontario's energy plan going forward. The Bill Kelly Show, weekdays from 9 to noon on 900 CHML.